Mel Kettle, and you're listening to This Connected Life, the show where connected leaders share their experience, values, and strategies that have helped them become more connectable so they achieve success in life and business. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to This Connected Life. I'm your host, Mel Kettle. This week, it's episode 35, staying connected with your team and your people while you're all working from home. How are we finding that? For me, it's piece of cake because I've worked from home for a really long time and my one staff member works in the same home as me, which is my husband who does a bit of work for me. Um, However, I know that that will absolutely not be the same for the vast majority of you. And can I just let you know, I really do feel your pain because anything new is difficult and this is a whole new world for everyone. And if you've been waiting for this episode for the last week, that's why it's not come out when I thought it would come out last week because it is a whole new world and like you I've been dealing with lots of stuff as well. So let's crack on. Before I um, get into the bulk of it I do want to just share a good news story. I was having a chat about probably two years ago with my friend Alex and Alex runs a business from the mid-north coast of New South Wales and I rang him one day just to have a chat and said how's it going? He said we've now got over 20 staff and the upshot is that the majority of them worked remotely Um, both around Australia and overseas in a couple of cases. And as a consequence of making that decision to go to remote work, their productivity and their profit had significantly increased because people had the flexibility to work at times that suited them. And so it just really worked. So I think there's lots of opportunity that we need to remember uh, with this whole new paradigm. And we're in the early days. So I guess the number one piece of advice I have for you is don't beat yourself up if everything isn't happening today as it happened in your office a few weeks ago because it takes time to adjust. What I want to talk about today are the three main things as leaders that we need to consider when we work from home. We need to consider ourselves first and foremost because if we don't do some good stuff for ourselves we're going to be pretty useless when it comes to working with our people. The second thing we need to consider are our people. And the third thing we need to consider is the space. And the space is the physical space in which people are working, the virtual and the online space in which people are also working, and our mental space. Um, How are we going mentally with all of this? Because that's pretty important as well. So there's three things for each. The first thing I just want to start off with is what do we need to do as leaders to look after ourselves? First off, we need to show ourselves self-compassion. If we are not self-compassionate, we are going to be going down a very grim hole of anxiety, overwhelm, stress, and potentially burnout. So think about what self-compassion looks like for you. Dr. Kristen Neff talks about self-compassion in terms of three things. The first is self-kindness and self-judgment. We need to recognize our imperfections and that life can be a little bit difficult as it currently is. And we need to be gentle on ourselves. Kristen Neff's second area of self-compassion is looking at common humanity versus isolation. 
as a society, we're all going through this coronavirus change together. So while we might be physically isolated, we don't need to be socially isolated. So check in on how you're doing and how the people in your life are doing. And in terms of, you know, looking after yourself, think about what are some practices that you can implement? Can you start doing some meditation? Could you start doing some yoga? Could you take time out every day to have lunch with the people in your home together? Um, If you live on your own, could you have a virtual lunch with someone? Can you take a lunch break and, you know, maybe read a book or do something that you love to do? I know it's really difficult at the moment as we get used to it, but it will get easier. And then the third thing that Dr. Neff talks about in terms of self-compassion is having mindfulness versus over-identification. What she means by this is that we need to take a balanced approach to our negative emotions so our feelings are not suppressed nor exaggerated. So have a think about when you have a negative thought, what does that mean? How can you observe your negative thoughts and your negative emotions with openness and clarity so that you hold them in a non-judgmental state of mindful awareness? And what I mean by this is don't constantly say to yourself, God, I'm doing a really shit job of this because you're not. Or what about things like, this is so difficult right now. Yes, it is. And it's allowed to be. And you're allowed to find it hard. So just keep that in mind. You know, negative emotions are completely okay. And just be aware of that. A couple of things that I've done, um, the Calm app is excellent in terms of meditation. And there's loads of other meditation apps as well. But what I like about the Calm app is it's sending me a daily notification on my phone. It's one of the very few apps where I have the notifications turned on still. And it's saying to me, how are you feeling today? Do a self-check-in. Do you feel happy? Do you feel sad? Do you feel anger? Do you feel grief? Like, what is it you're feeling? And acknowledge that and, you know, own that emotion and then look at how can you make things better if if you're feeling negative. The other thing that I've started to do is listen to Brene Brown's bloody awesome new podcast. It's called Unlocking Us. Her first episode, she talks about the FFTs. If you don't like bad language, block your ears for a second. FFT stands for the fucked first time. And I have to say, I listened to this when I went for a walk the other day and I was crying with laughter as I was walking. (laughs) What she reminds us is that the first time in all new experiences is really, really hard. First dates are really hard. The first time we get behind the steering wheel of a car is really hard. And the first time we go through a global pandemic is really bloody hard. So have a think about all the FFTs that we're going through. As managers, as leaders, as employees, there's a lot of them at the moment. We're working from home for the first time. We're leading a global, we're leading a, um, a remote team for the first time. We're teaching our kids at home for the first time, for many of you. We're dealing with the fear of a pandemic and a highly contagious illness. Now, I don't know about you, but my anxiety levels are higher than they've ever been ever in my life. And so I'm trying to be more self-compassionate than ever to try to get those back down to normal or, you know, slightly above normal. The second thing we need to do for ourselves as leaders is we need to identify how we can communicate more clearly, 
How can we be more effective communicators when 90% of communication is non-verbal and we're currently physically separated from our staff? This means we're losing the opportunity to observe, so we need to be more proactive with asking questions and listening. And we can do that through a video call for sure, but you can also do it through text messages and through phone calls. Not everything needs to be on Zoom or video. Bear that in mind, especially because constant looking at screens for Zoom calls and for Zoom meetings is way more exhausting than being in a meeting room in even the most boring of meetings. Have a think too, what are you doing to communicate on a regular basis with your with your team? Are you having daily catch-ups with individuals? Are you having daily catch-ups as a group? As we move through this and as time progresses, you might need you might notice that the need to talk to them lessens either in frequency or in duration or both. The other thing I think in terms of communication, we need to be communicating with clarity more than ever, with compassion more than ever, and with conviction so that your people understand and are engaged with what it is that they need to do. So have a think about what are the messages you're sharing? What are the questions you're asking? And what are the expectations you're setting? Are the expectations realistic or not? I think it's the ANU, Australian National University, came out the other day and said they are now, they've said to all of their staff who are working from home, 70% of your normal workload is what we consider normal at the moment and we will still pay you for 100% because they recognise that things are different. So how can you reassure your people that they don't need to be going hell for leather or working every hour of the day and night to get things done? Maybe you need to reduce a few of your expectations and, you know, push out the timelines of some projects that you're working on where that's possible. I also think it's critical that you keep your communication open, especially with your direct reports, but also with your wider teams. And you need to be thinking about your managers as well. How are you communicating with your managers and managing up and the other decision makers in your organisation? The third thing that we need to think about as leaders in terms of ourselves is being curious. How do we ask more questions and show a greater interest in what's around us? One of the things that I really think is going to happen over the next few months is that creativity and curiosity is going to explode. I really am excited about what this means in terms of new ideas, new products, new new everything, like new art, new creativity. You've just got to look on Twitter and on Instagram under the hashtag WFH, stands for work from home. And look at the art, art community, look at what performing artists are doing and other people who have even a hint of creative ability. Some of the things that people are doing to get their creativity out in the world is incredible. So think about where can your curiosity lead you? The second group we need to talk about is we need to talk about our people. So when we're talking about our people, we need to think about three things as well. We need to think about our work culture. And in terms of our work culture, what is our current, what what was our work culture when we worked all in an office together or in the same environment or, you know, what it used to be a month ago? And what is the current work culture now? What's going to change? What can stay the same? What do you want to change? And how do you want it to change? 
And I think we need to really think about what is it you can take from your existing culture into the new way of working to provide some stability. If you have Friday afternoon drinks every Friday afternoon as a team, still do that, but do it at home. If you have a Wednesday morning team meeting where you all bring in a piece of cake or, you know, you all bring in a cake or you all do something special, still do that, but you'll be doing it online. So the way that you do it might be a bit different, but try to keep the general philosophy the same. What are some new things you can do together? You know, think about how can you liven things up or make things a bit more interesting. In terms of culture at the beginning, can you get everyone who's working, you know, from home to do a walk around what their new work environment looks like? Where are they working from? What do they have on their desk? Who do they share a workspace with? Do they have pets? Do they have kids? Do they have partners? Do they have flatmates? Who else is around? Let them, you know, get to show that new side of them or that different side of them or that personal side of them that they might not otherwise show. I think culture is going to be really critical to keeping your people focused on what you want them to achieve. And the more you can instigate, you know, keep this culture and create a new culture, the better off you're going to be. The second thing you need to think about in terms of your people is what are you doing to stay connected? You need to make sure not only does everyone have the right tech and the right tools, but you need to make sure they've got the right amount of time with you. So a good question might be to ask everyone is, what do you need from me right now to do your job better? Or what do you need from me to do your job right now? So maybe it's time to work out a new routine. Maybe it's time to sort out their kids. Maybe it's a new office chair. You know, maybe they need some training on how to use the new technology. Maybe they need better internet or more data or an extension on a project timeframe. When you're staying connected with people, work out what they need from you and let them know also what you need from them. And if you don't ask this question, then you won't know what they need to stay connected with you. And then from a practical sense, in terms of staying connected with them, how do they like to be connected with from a, you know, from a communications perspective? Do they want to be having text messages every day? Do they want phone calls? Do they like video conferences? How often do they want them? Everybody's going to be different when it comes to this and you need to make sure you've got a clear understanding of what people want and how they want to be connected with. I reckon a bonus of this as well is that everyone on your team is going to feel more connected than ever after not a long time because they're seeing people in a new way and I think they're going to get to know people on a much deeper personal level than they would otherwise in their normal office environment. One of my clients, Peter Pitcher, who's the CEO of um, the, um, oh, oh my God, I'm having a mental blank as to where she's CEO of. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> anyway, she's running a CEO photography competition where everybody in her team is sharing a daily photo of an aspect of their workplace. And I think that's great. And they're sharing it to their internal communications tool. Um, but have a think about how can you do something like that? And then the third thing you need to do in terms of your team is you need to be clear. What do you need to clarify? 
Do you need to be clear on boundaries? Do you need to be clear on work hours? Do you need to be clear on when it's appropriate to contact you and everybody else? If you've got workaholics in your team, then what do you need to do to ensure they don't increase their work hours or work on weekends? Because when you move from working in an office to working from home, it is really, really easy to suddenly increase your working conditions to every day. And then in terms of, um, think about what else they need, what else you need to clarify with them. Do you need to clarify what they're working on right now or how they're working on it or who they're working with? And if you've had job losses and you're changing people's working um, arrangements, then you need to be clear on that. You might also need to give some clarity to make people feel comforted that they're going to get paid because I think there's going to be quite a lot of anxiety around that as well in many organisations. And then the third thing that we need to think about is our space, our physical space, our online space and our mental space. In terms of space, we need to be aware of what's changed, what needs to change, how do people's offices have obviously changed, so how do they, do they have what they need? How are people's days going to change? Because not all days will be equal and not all people will be able to probably work from nine to five or whatever your standard working conditions are. So, for example, the person who lives alone is going to have different things that change to the people who have kids to look after. And people who live, you know, who have to share a workspace with a partner will probably have different changes they need to make as well. And then what are you doing to create a great space? What are you doing to create a great physical space, to create a safe and a good online space? And what are you doing to create a good, safe, psychological and mental space for both you and your people? Again, have conversation with the people you work with to see what they need and to see what they want and then work together so that you can provide what they need. One of the things that I think is fantastic is to create some water cooler channels on Slack or Teams or whatever your online tool of staying in touch is. And a water cooler channel is a place where people can talk about, for example, their pets, their holidays, or maybe not holidays right now, where they'd love to go on holiday, Um, sharing cat memes, sharing dad jokes, talking about their favourite TV show. You know, they're lighthearted places where people can go online to still have these conversations about the fun, mundane things that you talk about in the office every day when you meet in the tea room. And then finally, I just want to talk about being consistent. One of the things that I believe is most important when it comes to emotional space in particular is having some some sort of consistency. Everything is changing, so have a look at what is it that can stay consistent. And then at the same time, because everything is changing, give your people permission to be inconsistent as well. So what is it that you can do? to work with your team to create consistencies, rhythm and order, as we all need all these things. Are there rituals that you can instill for your team? Maybe it's a work from home lunch every Wednesday or a morning coffee meeting for 15 minutes every morning or a team check-in every day. And also, you know, make sure you encourage people to still do the activities they love in their non, on, in, when they're not working, such as exercise, having a nap, having a lunch break. If your workplace currently offers lunchtime activities such as yoga or lunch and learns or, you know, good training programs, what can you do to keep those up? If you've got yoga at lunch, then can you provide an online yoga subscription to the people who did that? 
If you do lunch and learns, can you provide webinars at lunchtime with guest speakers? I'm always happy to do one of those as well. And then in terms of practical things, don't forget to eat, to drink water, to get up and walk around, to go to the toilet, to go to bed. Think about as well, can you have a team consistent switch off time for everyone at the end of the day or a consistent start time? Now, this definitely won't be possible for many teams where people in it have different things that they need to be focusing on at home. But maybe you can just make sure that everybody has a consistent number of hours they work in a day. Or and maybe think about how do you reduce those in the short term so that people can get used to doing everything else they need to do. So that's about it for me for this episode. Although I do want to share some really good resources. Three of my favourite books for this at the moment are Donna McGeorge, her fabulous book, The First Two Hours. Her other fabulous book, The 25-Minute Meeting, I think is something that all needs to be implemented. Um, I'll put the links to these in the show notes. And the other book I love is by Darren and Alison Hill, Dealing with the Tough Stuff. And then my third book that I'm loving at the moment is Near Isles Indistractable. And I've talked about that before. So what I'd like to know is how are you coping with leading a team remotely? Is this the first time you've had to? And what's surprising about it? What's working for you? What are you experimenting with? And I'd love to I'd love to know. So please get in touch. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. You can tag me at Mel Kettle. You can use the hashtag ThisConnectedLife. Or you can email me, mel at melkettle.com. I love hearing from listeners and I would love to hear how you're dealing with this whole new world of work. Thanks very much. Stay healthy, wash your hands and look after your people and mostly look after yourself. Bye. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really liked what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes or a recommendation on LinkedIn, or both. The show notes are all on the website, melkettle.com forward slash podcast. And I'd love you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. You'll find me at Mel Kettle. See you next time and stay connected. Bye.